Marveling at the Movies is a new show on the Multiversity Podcast Network in which I, Alexis, and I, Matthew, force our other friend, Matt, hello, to watch every film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as they lead up to the upcoming Avengers Infinity War. You see, our friend Matt, hello, has never read a comic book in his life, nor ever had any interest in watching any of these films until Black Panther came out. And even then, I want to note that I just thought Black Panther was cool and really didn't feel like I had to watch any of these other movies. Which is where we came in and decided otherwise for him. <laughs> each episode features us interviewing Matt before and after watching each film, gauging his knowledge of the characters, seeing what he thinks will happen, and what characters he starts rooting for or identifying with. And then mercilessly teasing him afterwards with all of the comic book knowledge, Easter eggs, and other random nonsense that we know and can hold over his head. Cool. So join us every weekday this April for a new episode full of cinematic insight. Fun facts. And I'm here also. <laughs> Hello. And welcome to Make Mine Multiversity, the best podcast in our universe for exploring the Marvel multiverse. I'm Jana Hill. And I'm Elias Rosner. And today we are going to do something completely different. Yeah, uh, not our usual format at all. No, uh, although it is hearkening back to our usual lengths for episodes. <laughs> it's been a while. That's true. Yeah, we've been uh, keeping the, the lid on that. We've been disciplined, but not today. No, not today. It's impossible to be disciplined today because after many months, we are watching Howard the Duck and we figured, you know, this would be kind of an interesting, fun experience to do it live. So I've never seen the movie. I've only heard of its infamy. After last year's bet, I won. So we got to watch Howard the Duck, which is fun question mark uh if jane had one we would have watched the director's cut of the 2004 daredevil film which jane assures me is watchable i mean it's something it's an experience i'm pro it whereas howard the duck i saw once in a backyard over the summer like projected on a sheet Ooh, that's and this this must have been in the 90s, I guess, because I remember I did not watch the whole film. I was like, oh, this is upsetting and boring. And <laughs> so I went in the house and I played a bunch of Super Metroid on a Super Nintendo with like a like plugged into a television and stuff. Hmm. But I, I could see the movie the whole time because like the back of the porch windows were open and I kept and I couldn't look away. I wasn't doing very well at Super Metroid. Are you, are you just not very good at that game? Um, actually, I, I never beat it as a kid, but I, I finally three years ago, uh, I got it on the switch and played it to the end. It's a great game. It's a classic vacation. That's the best feeling. So that was me revisiting Super Metroid. And this is going to be me revisiting Howard the Duck. And I expect to be horrified. Yeah, this movie does not have a good reputation. And I don't think we're here to, uh, save it, save it. But we are going to be essentially providing a commentary track for you all so when we get started uh we'll count us we'll count you down and then we'll hit play 
on our copy. For anyone watching at home, it's not streaming. So if you found it through uh, <clears throat> illicit means, uh, I'm sorry, unconventional means, we're starting after the Paramount logo has gone. Oh, no, Universal. After the Universal logo has done its whole big fanfare, it's the start. I'm watching it on the DVD. We're, I've got it hooked up. We're streaming. It's a whole setup. So if my side of the recording sounds very weird and very windy, it's because everything is is overheating as I sit in my living room because there's no way I'm sitting in my usual recording space for two hours. Yeah, I have faith it's going to be okay, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I think we'll we'll be good. It's going to be an experience, but once we get started, it's just going to be commentary the whole way through, and then we'll come back at the end to to really chat about our our feelings on the duck. Uh, as longtime listeners may know, we're pretty fond of of Howard, and it's a yeah. shame that he got done dirty by George Lucas as producer. Yeah, I don't even recall who uh, directed this film, but let, we can talk about the movie while it's going. Want me to count? You want? Why don't you count us in? All right, three. Two, one, quack. Oh man, I do love an old Universal logo. I have. Was do you know how they made that globe? Is it a model? It looks uh, tactile uh, to me. I don't know. It must be a model, but we're now ducks in space. Oh, he put his name so prominently on this. Yeah, first thing is the George Lucas font. I'm loving, though, that, uh, yeah, I said George Lucas font. because It's like the Indiana Jones font. Yeah, yeah. This is a very subdued opening. Well, it's kind of noir. Yeah. Right, Howard's a detective sometimes. That's true. I think that's what they were going for with this. Leah Thompson. Uh, this is so, I feel like, did this kill Leah Thompson's whole career? It might have, which is quite sad, honestly. Yeah, okay, Tim Robbins I remember, and I liked Tim Robbins as a kid. He used to hang out with Tenacious D. Really? Yeah. They were all part of, huh. they all were part of the same like LA comedy group together. But you could there's old Tenacious D like uh footage you can watch with uh Tim Robbins uh, as like a manager, as an antagonist. It's good stuff. Huh. I mean was good stuff when I was a child, like a teenager. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it's uh, less good now. I'm not sure about that. I wonder. I wonder if it's actually uh, timeless. Maybe we'll have to revisit that at some point. Howard T. Duck. Oh my god, his middle name is just the Breeders uh. of the Lost Stork. <laughs> That's like pretty funny, actually. Okay. Old answering machine. Oh, cassette tape. Is this are, are your cassette tapes before your time? Okay, so the first yeah. we're seeing of Howard is like photos on the wall. Oh, he's old. Growing weed in that picture. Hippie. Or he's just growing weed because it's 1980, whatever. Hi, okay, wh- what's really funny about this is... Uh, you know, we've read a bunch of Howard comics, and in Howard the Duck comics, he's like, um, he, from this whole like duck world, right? Where everything is like an anthropomorphic cartoon. Yeah. So there, that's actually pretty well represented here, I think. It is. And it gives them a chance to do all these really fun, like, I mean, obviously he didn't originate, but Chip Zdarsky S just like riffs on 
pop culture things, but yeah. with Howard instead. Oh my god, splash dance! <laughs> you know. Oh, and there's the puppet. It is not good. No. Is I shockingly I might prefer the CGI one. The CGI one uh, that uh, Seth Green voices in the MCU movies. I uh, I might. I, I was this a thing in the eighties? Did people like watch TV while smoking a cigar? I don't know, but there are enough PSAs of don't fall asleep with your lit cigarette that I guess so. Oh my god, this is, it looks like it should be a Grey's Anatomy parody, but this predates Grey's Anatomy by decade plus. Mm-hmm. Steve Gerber credit. <laughs> so. Yeah, as like a movie, this is not very cinematic so far. Uh, this puppet got revealed kind of nonchalantly, and then all we're just watching TV. This it's like we're watching this puppet be bored. Oh no, he's he's gonna read play duck. I I don't want to see the natural outcome of this. I oh, uh, that is some duck puppet anthropomorphized human nudity. Mm. Oh my god, we're just masturbating immediately. <laughs> uh, that's oh, some wait, intense no. masturbation. It's an earthquake in the... It's an earthquake? He didn't say it's a quack. That's strike one, Howard. That's missed duck pun number one. Okay, so Howard appears to be getting blown through walls for... There's the duck tits. Oh my god, more anthropomorphized duck nudity. (laughs) It's not your daddy's Howard the duck. It kind of is, though. They would (laughs) have... They would have had nudity in a a Gerber Howard comic if uh, the law allowed it. Mm. So does this make Howard the key master? Why? Because of the very Ghostbusters effects? Yeah. It's got to be the same effects, at least some of the same team members. Almost certainly. Oh, God, the the Earth is an egg. That's actually pretty funny. (laughs) I got to say, like... uh, not a very cinematic movie, but like it's got an attitude. Yeah. I mean, it's committing to just throwing you in there, which I appreciate. Yeah, don't you don't have to explain any of this. He's a duck. He's from a duck what? world. Who is narrating? I'm trying to figure that out. It's like Um I cannot figure out who this voice is, even looking at the credits. And, you know, I'm looking at this. I don't know a lot of the people involved in this, although Chip Zien is voicing Howard. And that's just a very similar name. name. Yeah. Are we sure Chip didn't steal his pen name from this movie? I am not sure. That sounds like something he would do, in fact. Come from some great pedigree. Oh, right. He's in Cleveland. He's uh, like uh, 60 miles north of me. Wow. 80s Cleveland. Indistinguishable from 80s New York. Yeah. I what these uh, oh, storage. It looks like he's getting. Uh, oh, I guess to Howard. What the hell are those human people? Yeah, those are freak, freakish human people. If this is what all humans are like, no wonder Howard's terrified. 
okay. He's uh, definitely, they're like wearing like leather and like spikes on them and stuff. Like uh, it's like an 80s punk thing. I guess it's like in um, the Star Trek one. That's probably the only Star Trek movie you've seen knowing your taste. No, I've seen a few Star Trek. This actually, this reminds me more of, oh God, what is it called? It's some real bad sci-fi movie. I'm getting a little bit of The Warriors, a little bit of Escape from New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's in like a rock club. And I guess this is what rock was like in the 80s. I was alive. I was too. Yeah, but were you frequenting? <laughs> he's getting beat up over a cart. By a bag lady. That's a classic 80s image. There's Leah. Oh, my God. Leah's hair is outrageous. This is just a collection of cliches. It seems, yeah, it's nothing but cliche so far. He uh, just uh, rolled out of the way. Uh, oh, my God. And he's uh, now he's feeling up a human woman, which he. Oh, but. Oh, my God. Yeah, the, no di- exit. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Symbolism. Yeah, it's a Camus reference. Satan sluts. You know, that's oh a my pretty God. good biker name. Yeah, there it's like a lesbian biker gang is chasing him now? The dykes on bikes? Why? This is just what Earth is like in the 80s, I guess. You know, we don't remember. This is probably accurate. The okay, so my problem here is I don't like what does Howard want with this? I he's, he he seems to to be like a scared and excited in equal measure. I mean, this is more exciting than his life as a famous movie store in Duck Earth. He's wearing. I do like that he's got the uh, the Howard suit on. It's yeah. just that the puppet is so upsetting. The puppet moves really well. Although I'm I guess it's okay. someone in a suit. It's not as uh, good as the Ninja Turtles puppets, which come a couple years later. No, yeah. I don't know who. Let me look at the production. Did A Clockwork Orange come out before or after this? Oh, definitely before. Okay, because that's that's the vibe I'm getting, like just the worst parts of it dumbed down. This came out in 86. I was born mm-hmm. in 88, so it's a little bit before my time. Okay. I, Howard does have this perpetually horn dog vibe to him. I don't know why that puppet looks so horny. Every time I can't see his weird hands. Yeah, it's good when we can't see his hands. OK, now he's doing his duck foo, his, his quack foo. That's a canonical Howard ability. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. What if that guy has like doll heads all over him? Wait, that's an amazing look. Did I just come back around on this movie? I think I'm gonna really be uh going up and down. You and me both. So now Howard is definitely a guy in a suit. He's like jumping around, he's doing like uh pro wrestling moves. I would not be surprised if Who's the guy in the suit? 
Yeah, you you wouldn't be surprised if they suddenly had a whole subplot about him becoming a pro wrestler. I well, I hope that happens. I don't remember that happening. I but I was more gonna say I wouldn't be surprised to find out the guy in the duck suit did some years with WWE. I believe it. Okay, this guy whose name is Ed Gale uh, played Chucky in the, the Child's Play movies. Oh. Um, and it seems like he did a bunch of. You know, he was one of these guys, Doug Jones being the pinnacle of the art. Mm hmm. Um, and, uh, oh, bad news. It seems like Ed Gale might have um, been accused of uh, bad stuff with kids. <sighs> um, this really is a roller coaster of an episode. I just got a feeling that the uh, inner lives of most of these people, besides Leah Thompson, is going to be uh, unsavory. Yeah, I believe it. All right, so Howard is trying to figure out uh, where he's at. He doesn't believe Cleveland's a real place. He thinks it's the name of the planet. I mean, his plan is the shape of an egg. <laughs> she's kind very like perpetual like, sleepy eyes, and she's very like, oh my god, you've never heard of Earth, and uh, she's very like a uh, affronted considering he's an anthropomorphic duck. I would, I wouldn't believe him if he said he was an alien. Yeah. I wonder if she thinks she got beat up a little too much, and she's like, well, that's the concussion talking. I mean, canonically, we know uh, Beverly loves Howard for reasons unexplained. It's because he's just got those baleful eyes. Oh, my God. Leah Thompson, her husband since uh, 1989. Mm-hmm. Howard Deutsch. Huh. You know, you, you see where I'm can't. Uh, can't escape him. Guys named Howard. Unfortunately, this is not a great acting performance from Leah Thompson, whom I love. Can can we put that down to the director? Of course. I mean, uh, but, you know, so much of a performance is going to be like. Uh, if uh, if you got like a, a bunch of creeps who are not looking out for you and you're on set and feeling threatened, I feel like that is going to come come through in your eyes. Mm, yeah. Just it's like a small umbrella, too. It's fashionable. Yeah. Oh, Leah Thompson, it turns out, has been um, directing a ton of TV. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, cool stuff. Uh, she did a couple episodes of Picard, which, while not written to my liking, was uh, very well directed for the most part. Oh, and she did some Katie Keene. Oh, oh, yeah. She did Stargirl. That one I missed. I heard good things about it. I didn't see it myself. But I, uh, I'm heartened to find out the reason I haven't seen Leah Thompson's because she's the one holding the camera. Mm. Whoa, this loft, cool or not cool? You know, depends on the rent. I mean, obviously, but if she's, she's a musician. getting it free, very cool. If she's paying New York prices, I know it's Cleveland in the 80s, but. Yeah, I don't want to tell you what cool. I pay in rent for a living uh, outside of Cleveland. Yeah, it's. It, I'm afraid rent rent scares me. Rent scares me more than more than this movie. 
I the movie we're not that far into the movie, so I maybe <laughs> hold your uh, final judgment. I don't know. Rent's pretty scary. So you don't drink out of bowl. What? How do you eat soup? I mean, I mean, uh, I guess I drink a soup sometimes, but with a spoon. Yeah, but when you're finished and you're near the end and it's not going on the spoon, you drink the rest out of the bowl. The cereal with the milk. You drink out of bowls. No, I Just drink not- out of bowls. I can't front. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a, from a Jewish family eating Chinese food. You bet I slurped out of bowls. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I, you know, I cannot get like a, a, the Chinese food in the Midwest is truly not like the Chinese food in uh, New York. There's not a lot that you that you can replicate from New York food. No, the no, good but like and a, the bad. I, I got a, just uh, near me. I got a place that claims to serve a New York style pizza. Mm, and never no a hundred percent my my buddy from college was like you gotta try this place it's new york pizza i'm like yeah bullshit thin crust you gotta put a towel on it to get the fucking disgusting grease off the top yes yeah you, you fold it it's like a real uh new york pizza and like um i'm trying to think of uh i got like a a good Vietnamese place near me. Like I, there's, but I, I can't get like uh, that, like New York, uh, chow fun and dumplings. Uh, uh-uh. I wonder what, what's holding it back. Like the grease is one of the things that most places outside of New York don't get right. You need it like mostly grease. Yeah. I, the, the stone teens who serve me my pizza when I go there <laughs> do not know, uh, what the secret ingredient is. <laughs> I guess that's how they keep it secret all these years is you only employ stone teenagers and college kids. I guess. Howard's parents wanted him to be a, he, a, uh, plastic, a plastic surgeon. surgeon. And honestly, that's kind of a funny uh, duck joke. Yeah. He's describing a uh, duck plastic surgery. And, and I guess duck beauty standards are inherently a funny concept to me. Tail tucks. I don't know what could be unsexy about tails but oh my god a lot so this is this we're gonna learn all about your furry tendencies on this episode <laughs> i guess i meant like what would compel a duck to have a tail tuck their tail no i, I appreciate your open-mindedness i shouldn't uh i shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't judge yeah oh wait he's a he's doing a salesman on earth that you have the same ads that he makes in duck world i guess so what's the duck world called in howard comics do you remember because rocky raccoon is from half world and that's not what what this is i wasn't it like just quackberg i'm sure there's a town called quackberg but that's not the name of the whole planet i mean maybe you know he howard thought this planet was cleveland so maybe you're maybe you're just doing the equivalent. Yeah, probably. Leah so Thompson's was, outfit here is crazy. Yeah, it's like what a lace ribbon in her hair, pastel pinks. Overalls. Half her hair is like teased out, and half of it is like uh, combed down. Howard sleeping is some of the scariest sounds I've heard in a while. (laughs) Well, you will believe a duck is sexy. 
I guess. I guess. I mean, this lady certainly seems to think so. Well, he definitely does deserve a good night's sleep after ghost busting his way across the universe. Did you watch a lot of Ghostbusters as a kid? Actually, no, but I have seen <laughs> his wallet. Uh, his Ghostbusters 2 more than one. Really? It was on TV more. Oh, when I my first New York apartment was in Washington Heights and um, uh, the there was this bar nearby that had the best chicken wings <laughs> I'd ever had in my life. And they Wait, mostly l- served. I'll, I'll tell the story after, but we have to appreciate them just like awkwardly photoshopping a beak onto <laughs> George Washington for the dollar bills. It yeah, looks well, so bad. A literal dollar bill. <laughs> Uh, ah, quack, 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 quack. All right, continue uh, your story. Sorry. Okay, so there was this bar in Washington Heights, and they served the best buffalo wings I ever had. And they had this deal during football season that it, wings were uh, a quarter for a quarter a wing, twenty five cents a wing. Mm-hmm. Which is like exactly the right players I want to play for wings, and uh, I could, I, you know, that adds up pretty quickly. Um, and they served red wine with those wings. And in the bathroom, they had a floor to ceiling portrait of Vigo the Carpathian. Oof. So I was so scared to pee in there because I was scared of Ghostbusters 2 as a kid. And then I wanted Vigo watching me when I peed. No one wants Vigo watching you when you pee. He's you know, he's staring. Yeah. Vigo's a looker. Yeah. There's some paintings where you're like, no, he doesn't care. But Vigo. Vigo cares. Oh, my God. So Beverly seems to have put Howard in a garbage bag. (laughs) But stabbed a bunch of air holes in it. That's pretty Bev, actually. <laughs> you know what's the thing that we lost in trying to have all these uh, girl bosses and superhero movies? What, disasters? Yeah, just like these fuck-up ladies who are so lovable. I love watching her fail to care for this duck man. We're seeing her psychiatrist. Oh, no, an ichthyologist. Paleontology, ichthyology. Oh, it's Tim Robbins. It's a tiny, itty bitty Tim Robbins. He's a baby. Well, now it's just his door. (laughs) (laughs) How how are you? Oh, my God. Tim Robbins is excitingly telling his colleagues. Oh, he changed his mind. He's just a crazy boy. What is that hat that his one colleague is wearing? Is it like a top hat? I don't know. I'm. My brain is hurting from trying to follow what's been going on. The scenes are like so barely tied together. Um, I mean, it helps that I had an edible before this, I think. Yeah, I think I think that's the mood this movie is going for. So Tim Robbins right now is really embodying the idea that uh as in comedy as long as you go loud and fast you can't miss uh, i would say he's not wrong but this is going very bad very fast yeah it's um <laughs> okay that copy wait that's now that he's doing his donald duck voice i was not expecting it that got me terrible <laughs> but it got me so are you like a Tim Robbins person or not, or not so much? Not so much. 
Because I loved uh, Tim Robbins' and all those Coen Brothers movies that I was so fond of. Mm. And um, what else do I... Yeah, I guess Shawshank Redemption, of course. The Frank Darabont Hallmark movie for boys classic. Yep. Um, Which is a movie I'm fond of as well. I just, I think Tim Robbins, uh, we need to bring him back as a comedian. I think Tim Robbins is funny. Just like inherently funny. He's like Jim Carrey. Maybe not here. No, I think he's, uh, this, I'm very uh, energized in a way that when he wasn't on camera, this movie was slow and boring. And now that he's on camera, I'm just like, wow, Tim Robbins is yelling. That is a good look, though. (laughs) (laughs) Him being the unhinged ichthyologist is great. Are they in the Museum of Natural History in New York? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. They better show the whale. Oh, no, I'm scared of that whale. Do you know how I'm scared of that whale? Why? Too big. But it's great. The big whale is so cool. It's cool, and I believe in whales. Whales should have the right to exist, but they should stay in the ocean, and I'm going to stay on land. (laughs) I think there should be a separation between humans and whales. (laughs) They're majestic creatures, and I don't want them anywhere near me. They're too big, and it freaks me out. Okay. They Uh, do have a lot of ribs. The whale hanging from the ceiling is like bad enough, but I can't even look at the squid in the whale. Are you afraid that they'll they'll find out we have their corpses and a whale army will come and invade the land? Like low key, maybe a little bit. I would when I was a kid, I don't remember why, but I was very traumatized by that squid and a whale. And I would go back multiple times and just like not be able to go into that back corner of the exhibit. Hmm. It's so I, scary. I know. I, I like, see it. I like it on pictures, okay? If if it shows up in this movie, it's not going to be the most horrifying thing I've seen in a movie yet far. Also, I'm though, just, like, uh, a movie would never film in the Museum of Natural History today. That's a damn shame. Yeah. I'm I'm mesmerized by, the, by Tim Robbins' explanation of how evolution? the duck earth... The, yeah, well, evolution, but how the duck earth evolved... <laughs> Well, and also that he's um, uh, that the, all the different stages of evolution for the ducks are just like Cro-Magnon duck, Neanderthal duck. They're not called anything punny. Yeah, that's a shame. Up chucked all over the fern fossils. Oh, that's actually Cleveland, very funny. It's the Cleveland Museum of Natural History. We keep forgetting. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so I, no whale. Uh, I've not been to the Cleveland Museum. I've been to the Cleveland Art Museum, but not Natural History. Is this what it looks like? That was a good scream from Random Extra number one. I don't know if that was... I think that was probably a a stock scream from the archives. Then whoever recorded that screen, they should get a raise. I mean, they're probably dead. That was probably someone screaming in the 30s or 40s. They could have still been alive in the 80s. I suppose, but that's how these, uh, I, then again, if you're a acting performer in thirties Hollywood, I don't think your life expectancy was very high. No. Everyone's just like eating amphetamines like M&Ms. The sets were screaming metal death traps. (laughs) Exactly. I'm glad uh, that the movie is at least milking the, he is a talking duck on the world full of humans and how weird that is. Not all the kids are touching him. 
Yeah, that's deeply unsettling. Well, they think he's like an Elmo or whatever. <laughs> we had Elmo in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, was Elmo in the 80s? I think so. Fuck, Elias. You're calling me out on my Elmo fact-checking? Yeah. Elmo was brought into this world in 1985. Hey. No, first appearance, 19, first appearance 1980. Oh. 85 is when Kevin Clash became Elmo. Oh, okay. Wow, we've already had the third act breakup, and it's not even the end of act one. Yeah, I mean, this screenplay is incompetent. Leah Thompson being like a sulky bimbo is fun, though. Yeah, that's true. And Howard in this hoodie is actually kind of cute. He needs a job. I guess. Yeah, you just like every scene kind of shrugs and they're like, I don't know. I guess Howard lives in the world now. Look at his outfit. I do remember clothes being like that. Everything's made of denim. It has like weird shit stitched to it. Mm-hmm. He looks like he got that from like a Goodwill bin or something. Know what a shame is about watching a movie on a podcast? What? No popcorn. Yeah, this is a good popcorn movie. I mean, mostly because I want to eat duck now because I have no affection to this creature. We saw a duck condom before, and that just like begged questions I didn't want asked. Yeah. He's getting berated at the Ohio Employment Services. I really like this lady. Uh, you know, though, that seems realistic to me. Yeah. I worked in Ohio unemployment before. Not on the end of uh, providing services, of helping people seek services as an employee of the public library system. Hmm. Um, oh, no, Howard. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he's irascibly horny. But not uh, but this for l- Leah Tompkins. And now we're at a strip uh, club a spa oh wow again i watched this movie as a small child there is so much nudity there was parents around i don't know what the fuck was happening in the 80s everyone is just like this rated pg which is definitely rated pg because pg-13 didn't get invented till the next year right the first uh, pg-13 movie is temple of doom isn't that 86 no, Temple of Doom was still PG. That was the film that caused it. Yeah. This is PG, yeah. Temple of Doom was 84, though, so... PG-13 just got invented, but they're not ready to use it yet. Yeah. PG? I mean, even PG-13, this would not fly today, which is a shame. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's a shame. Maybe this shouldn't fly. Like a duck, maybe it'd be better flightless. Be better thrown into the spa? Oh, my God. This is a very mean movie. Yeah, everyone just wants now that everyone's waterboarding Howard. Mean and horny. It's very weird. Also, like, um, okay, I'm not like cool enough to get invited to orgies or anything, but every one of these rooms is just like two heterosexuals having uh, sex. (laughs) 
oh, Howard pushed the guy into the mud bath. That's not a heterosexual having sex. It's just weird how they're all like paired off and in their own rooms. I don't understand what this club is supposed to be. Maybe this was maybe people just fucked in jacuzzis in the 80s more. I guess. Got staph infections. Yeah, they weren't afraid of it. They just pumped it full of chlorine. That is a great Cleveland shot. That looks like Cleveland. You ever been to Cleveland, Elias? Um, yes, but it was like a decade ago. Yeah. What brought you to Cleveland? Was there like a conference, like a library conference? No, I did a bus trip around the country. Uh, Pat, did you stay in Cleveland for long? No, just a day. Most of the places we stayed for just a day or if it was on Shabbat overnight. Gotcha. But um, it was fun. Yeah, for, I, got for to, the record, I got to see I, the country. Definitely. I. Uh, how many states have you been to? Do you think? Probably. At least 30. Most of the like middle I haven't been to because we did. We circum did a circumference. That's cool. But yeah. If you're ever in Minnesota, visit the Spam Museum. It's a lot of fun. Okay. I have not been up that way. Oh, now we're, now Howard's learning about duck hunting. <laughs> a duck- French person just oh, invented duck It's the San Francisco treat. Well, luckily not the Cleveland treat. Uh, I want to tell you, I just I need to go on the record as saying Cleveland is fine. There's nothing wrong with Cleveland. People like making fun of Cleveland. And I suppose uh, they're entitled because it's not like Cleveland's going to defend itself. Yeah, but Cleveland's fine. There's good food in Cleveland. There's culture and arts in Cleveland. There's like a nice, cool, trendy neighborhoods in Cleveland. And it's just like not a it's not a bummer town. I believe it. I'm like I said, this it's Cleveland, but you could swap in New York or L.A. or San Francisco in the same era and you would get the same CD vibes from there's the um, I know you had you have a D&D campaign going with your college friends, but you ever play any uh, more esoteric RPGs? No, I I love math. I'm not great with esoteric RPGs. <laughs> Uh, some of them are not uh, that mathy. In fact, uh, so I have a Powered by the Apocalypse game called Spirit of 76, and it's just like about this aesthetic. It's just like truckers and hell's angels and like grizzled private eyes and like uh, guy, you know, black guys in trench coats with samurai swords. OK, that sounds like fun. Yeah, and you're in like a situation like one of these movies, one of these like uh, urban decay in the 70s movies or 80s. Where everyone's partying in like this semi-abandoned club and the band is behind a gate. They're behind a chain link fence. Yeah, behind a fence. Haven't you ever seen Blues Brothers? No, actually. (laughs) We should watch Blues Brothers one day, although it's got some sexism and some racism that I imagine hasn't aged well. But uh, it's got great songs and there's a very funny scene where they play at an establishment like this. And then when everybody hates your music, they all throw beer bottles at you, which uh, shatters against the chain links. And when they really like what you're doing, they throw beer bottles at you as well. <laughs> and so they end uh, the Blues Brothers could only play the song Rawhide over and over again because that's the most country song they know. <sighs> Look at that's this a- guy. Look at this man and his fedora and checkered shirt. 
Do you remember the part in Star Wars Attack of the Clones when uh, no. a guy tries to stall Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> death sticks? He says, you want to buy I some do not death remember sticks? that movie at all. Well, I, then you don't remember the name of that character, probably. It's not Plo Koon, is it? Oh, no. Plo Koon does is it says drugs are whack. <laughs> no, it's um, Elon Sleesbagano. Oh, right. Oh, these guys given yeah these guys given hard sleeves bag you know these I, I so the guys said different rights, lifestyles duck rights yeah different lifestyles are cool but different like a uh, species rights not cool is this guy just like uh, I want everyone to know that I'm I'm with the gays but not the ducks is that what that was about I think so nuts i don't even know how like i'm i feel so removed from this cultural context i don't know if this guy is supposed to be like a coded progressive or uh, intolerant his buddy looks hasidic though right he no yes but he really looks more like he fell out of the amish country by way of texas um and like a dash of adam driver in the face Oh, yeah. It's that awful pencil mustache. He's a mustache. The other guy had a mustache. He's got like a weird chin strap. We might be talking of different guys. Oh, no, he's got both. Ooh, that's a bad combo. Yeah, his uh, mustache does not reach his beard. Oh, it's sideburns. Oh, it's sideburns. That's what's giving you the Hasidic vibes. Yeah, it looks like Pez. Bar what fight. You- Bar fight. <laughs> I like, um, oh, here's another movie that I love that I bet you've never seen that you would love. You ever seen The Crow? No. The the bad guy gang in The Crow is so good. They all have such weird fucking things and they're all played by incredible character actors. There's that PG violence. Howard ripping out an earring. Ah, he's he's going to pierce the dude's ear. Well, he's threatening to. I feel like there was a lot of earring related violence in the 80s, too, right? What did they hate about earrings? Boy, men with earrings? It was effeminate and thus uh, threatening. But only one earring. No, but two earrings is no good either. You're not going to get a job in Reagan's America with t- two earrings. <laughs> he frowns. Is that guy wearing like a fishnet under a blazer? I think so. You know, costume desire for this movie. Gotta give him props. They definitely didn't phone it in. I'll say that. Each one of these costumes is really uh, done. We also did mention that um, in this movie, Beverly seems to be the front woman in like a Josie and the Pussycats kind of situation. Yeah. Which is kind of fun. I was going to say, uh, Josie and the Pussycats meet Tower of the Duck sounds great. I mean, Josie and the Pussycats have gone to space, so not out of the realm of possibility. Oh, man, dude, I fell off of uh, Riverdale. Uh, did I tell you this? It was just too stupid. Oh, you got to push through the stupid. Maybe I'll go back, but I have in the meantime, in uh, less time than I'm going to admit on this podcast, watch six seasons of The Walking Dead. <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, Walking Dead season four. Great season of television. Not I was dreary. surprised to learn. 
oh, very dreary and grim, dark and depressing, but it's got this real like mythic the Odyssey vibe to it. It's very cool. Hmm. I think uh, we're only a half hour into this movie and it feels like it should be over already. Yeah, so much has happened, but also nothing's happened. As you could tell by us discussing Riverdale instead of Tim Robbins's reappearance. Hey, I'm excited about Tim Robbins. He's kind of dressed <laughs> like a gay 80 Santa is how I describe his look. It's all red and green. No beard, though. Tim Robbins grows a great beard, too. He look, he can do a good crazy beard. Mm-hmm. I guess Tim Robbins is ready to play Santa. I guess. I don't have a but, what the movie is yet. Exactly. What would be the the Santa Tim Robbins vehicle? Because it wouldn't be the Santa movie, the only Santa movie I want to see, which is uh, Grant Grant Morrison Klaus. Ooh, I do want to see that. All right. So but he doesn't uh, know what pizza is. Who doesn't know what pizza is? Howard. Howard. Do we? I did. I forget that he doesn't know what pizza is from earlier. No, they just brought it up. Oh, my God. I, is Phil like a rock star? Is Tim? Ro- is everyone boning Tim Robbins? I guess so. Cleveland really likes their ichthyosaur. Uh, ich- ichthyologists? No. I think he's an ichthyologist, and I don't think Cleveland shows a lot of respect to its museum workers. Ah, uh, but this is the 80s and also fantasy. <laughs> You know, I would believe if you told me that Riverdale was a sequel to this movie, I would believe it. Yeah, I believe it. What are you doing, Tim Robbins? Tim Robbins has gotten out of a bit of chopsticks. (laughs) Oh, my God. Did Leah Thompson do his karate kick? Yeah. (laughs) Tim Robbins? He he just plucked a feather off of. Howard's butt and then ran off screaming into the night. Again, Tim Robbins is the only one who seems to know the energy he's supposed to have in this movie. Leah Tompkins looks terrorized to me. Yeah. For all of the like noir aesthetic and sounds, none of the plot is doing that. It's just sad boy Howard being a fish out of water or I guess a duck out of water. I'm sure that was on the poster of the movie. Oh, almost certainly. The, yes. The problem More with this movie mm-hmm. is my first criticism with most bad writing, which is what does anybody want in this movie? I mean, we know Howard wants to go home, but he doesn't. We don't really know why, other than seem to be trying to get home. He's playing the yeah. piano right now and shaking his ass. Howard's also a songwriter. Well, oh, right, right. We a... saw. Mm-hmm. We saw. Yeah, the Howard and the Harper. Oh, my God. So Leah Thompson is now wearing not even lingerie. She's like skimpy underwear and a bathrobe. Are bathrobes I'm pretty sure I know back? it. I don't know. I never stopped wearing bathrobes. I like I feel as much like a wizard as possible when I walk around my house. Oh, that's that's fair. Also, I'm around my house a lot because, you know, COVID and work from home and all that. Yeah. Howard. I mean. 
if uh, it seems like this is all uh, consensual between Howard and Beverly. They're watching Letterman. I feel like that's a sentence I've never heard someone say. Come on, let's watch David Letterman. In that tone of voice. But yeah. Oh, my God. David Letterman was uh, David Letterman was how you asked for sex in the 80s. He was the Netflix and chill. Exactly. Exactly. David Letterman was the Netflix and chill of his time. (laughs) I'm pro Letterman. I've gone back and like watched old uh, talk show stuff from the 90s. And Jay Leno is horrifying and should have been jailed. But uh, uh, Letterman uh, is insightful sometimes. Hmm. You did see the condom. We're getting to the love scene. I don't know why. You know, I'm less horrified by this than a lot of the uh, a lot of the movies of our. He's soft and cuddly. Okay. He's trying to get out of it. It's like a. It's a little <laughs> undeniable that this is a shocking thing that we were seeing. I'm a, I'm a little scared. Yeah. He's afraid of commitment. <laughs> well, yeah, he's a man in the eighties, and an ad exec, or maybe not an exec, but I thought he was a, a performer. I thought he was in front of the camera. I think he was, but he was also the writer. I couldn't yeah. tell. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> what? Him. Who's that? I don't know. And why are they breaking into her house? Well, it's uh, one they're with Tim Robbins. So Tim oh, Robbins it's... thought that. Oh, my God. So... Don't you lock your door? I Howard is claiming that they're not fucking when they were definitely just fucking like plainly plain to see. Mm hmm. Yeah. OK, so Tim Robbins just got two sketchy looking gentlemen with mustaches and led them into this uh, unclothed woman's open apartment door. You know, the middle guy. I don't remember his name, but I do know the middle guy. Yes. What's... What do you mean? He was the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He recently had some deeply uncomfortable sex stuff come out about him. Now that sounds name? that sounds like a thing that he would have. But yeah, I, I mean, what's interesting is um, having this like a uh, triumvirate of scientists. I feel like became such a thing, right? Like the lone gunman on the X Files. Mm-hmm. But they're just like, all right, we got to stop. No time for love, Dr. Jones. It's time to talk about science and watch a grainy VHS. (laughs) Of course. Okay. Wait. His sketchy (laughs) experiment brought Howard here. An energy inversion from this laser, which explains why it was so pinpoint, right? Because it was just a laser. I mean, that's just what lasers do. Oh, and a feather came out of the laser portal. Ooh, 
and it matches. I don't know what this means, though. What is this? I don't know. Jeffrey Jones. Jeffrey Jones? Yeah. That's, That's the guy a with the little, mustache. A little close to for uh, Jim Jones to my liking. I'm sorry to you say. You know Jeffrey Jones. I don't think I do. No, you do. We had a whole conversation about him. What? At the beginning of this movie? No, another movie. He was in another... Amadeus. He was. I don't remember what movie did we watch we together? It was Amadeus. No. He was in Beetlejuice. I mean, yeah, I'm getting the vibe from this guy. He was in Deadwood. Deadwood. Who do you play in Deadwood? Scrolling all the way down. A.W. Dead- Merrick. All right. I know who that is. That guy sucked. Um, Deadwood. Uh, I finally that was the first thing I watched when the strike happened that all my work slowed down. Mm hmm. Um, so I, re- I recognize him from that. I see his face in there. That guy's bad news. <laughs> he does have bad news face. Yeah, bad case of bad news face. You can tell how engaged we are in this movie. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. You know, if I'm going to watch Howard the Duck, this is about the level. And besides, you don't want to, you know, if we're, you never want to do commentary for a movie that's so gripping that uh, you would fear talking over any line of dialogue. That's true. That's true. The dialogue here is essentially superfluous. I mean, there's like some, there's some jokes, I guess. It's got jokes. Did you, um, Oh my god, are you, is this movie now making you crazy? Are you losing your goddamn mind? A little bit. No, it's I, it's just not <laughs> just doesn't have a lot to it. It's very frantic while but then it just slows down to nothing. You know, I'm realizing now they remade this movie and there's a much better remake that has the exact same vibe but is a good movie. What's it called? I don't know I don't know that I would call it a good movie actually, but it's called Babe Pig in the City. <laughs> You ever seen is that Babe the George Pig Miller the book? The George Miller movie? It is a George Miller movie. Well, that would explain it. He's a pretty good director. He is a pretty good director. He's a great director. Why I don't I care about you. your alley. Oh my god. It's a Starcross now? We're pretending they're Starcrossed? I don't know if it's Starcrossed, but it's more of I think I found my home, my literally sad existence in my other. What do you mean? They're literally star-crossed. Oh, oh, God, you're right. Can we watch Starman instead? Starman's a good movie. You're into Starman? Starman's so good. Yeah, you know, I was planning on, uh, we just did a big scary movie watch for October. I'm putting together like a sci-fi list. Starman's got to be on there. I'm also really hoping to be on the East Coast more very soon and to uh, go with you to that 24-hour insane mar- movie marathon. Do it, do it, do it. It is insane I would do, now. I would do a 24-hour insane movie marathon. You get to be cold in Boston. I've been cold in Boston before. You go out for some chowder. <laughs> okay, Howard walking below all the security gates is pretty funny. I'm also so as like a Marvel property, this is kind of interesting because now they're walking into like a weird mad science lab, which feels much more Marvel. It does. And a mad scientist with a burnt face just walked out. It's not like 
very gross, but it was grosser than I was expecting. Now, holy <laughs> Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland and Toledo aren't at war. It's not like Cleveland and uh, Columbus. Mm. There's like a surprising number of sizable cities in Ohio, more than you would I- think. Actually, the more I think about it, Holy Toledo was very appropriate for an Ohio-based movie. Absolutely. How many outfits has Howard had? Is this I mean, like his sixth outfit? That's what Marvel movies are like now, right? They they have all their costume changes. Yeah, I guess. Maybe fashion has just gotten so much more dull that's the wrong word understated everything here is like wildly oversaturated and just layers of accessories well yeah this is um late 80s into early 90s is definitely the peak of that sort of thing this i remember (laughs) Um, it's, it could be stuff, sir. Could be stuff, sir? Well, yeah, he was talking about a thing and lambasting him. It could be stuff. Could be a giant sized man thing. You know, that's what they were setting up for the sequel man thing. I mean, there should be a Howard man thing movie if we're making a million Marvel movies. Wasn't Swamp Thing uh, Wes Craven? Yeah, Wes Craven did do a Swamp Thing movie. But it's basically just a creature from the Black Lagoon movie. Mm. I don't know what my ideal Swamp Thing movie would look like. Are you trying to picture like a good Swamp Thing movie? Yeah, well, just like a a good Swamp Thing movie should definitely um, ape the... uh, the classic uh, Alan Moore stuff. So it's got to be like trippy. trippy and psychedelic. And oh, we're strip searching Howard. I guess so. Is he getting like police brutality? Is this getting political? He might is this, be. Is this getting political just like uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? I honestly, oh. I have no idea. We're arresting Howard for being an illegal alien. And it was that was a real punchline. She said, stop manhandling him. And there was no joke about uh, duck handling. That's strike two. We're only at strike two. I'm shocked. If I can instantly think of the duck pun and they pass on it, that's the strike. If I think of it a minute later, they got away with it. Okay, okay, that's a fair, that's a fair, uh, rubric to use. Beverly just pulled a gun on a cop, which is pretty cool. Oh, wow, he just, like, completely, uh, was a coward. She grabbed the gun and he's just like, all right, I gotta let you go. And then lie to my boss. He's like, I don't get paid enough for this, which, as a cop in Cleveland, shocks me. In the 80s, Cleveland had a couple of good serial killers. By good, I mean, you know, like horrifying real incidents of which there were victims. But like Cleveland had a couple of real scary ones in the uh, 70s and 80s. Hmm. 
One of them was the, responsible for the career of one of Cleveland's proudest sons, Brian Michael Bendis. How? You never read his uh, debut comic, Torso? No, I haven't. It's about the Torso Killer, a real serial killer from Cleveland, in, in Cleveland. Oof. Uh, Bendis wrote and drew his early comics, which is really interesting to see. I mean, the same was true for, uh, I think, Ed Brubaker. Jonathan Hickman as well. They soon learned, maybe my uh, we like to draw, but are not as good at it as the people that we can write for. Yeah, although it's interesting, I can really see... Um, I, I can see each of them like uh, developing how they like to do scripts or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm actually plot confused now. The scientist guy exploded? Yeah, the cops showed up. The machine was exploding. I think it blew up in his face. He got a sunburn. He's freaking out. He's probably going to be the villain in the third act. You say sunburn, but that's a radiation. I mean, a sunburn is a radiation burn. Yeah, and now we're at the Back to the Future Mall. Oh, we are at the Back to the Future Mall. Just drive through it. Obviously, we're going to drive through it. Wait, now, why is I've this... never done that. I don't know how easy it would be to actually drive through a chain link fence. Wouldn't be nice. It wouldn't be good for the car. No, probably not. But the movies make it look so easy. They do it in uh, Almost Famous, um, very memorably. When Mark Marin yells for them to lock the gates. <laughs> you ever seen Almost movie. Famous? No, another movie I'm, I have to like shamefully put on my have not seen list. Yeah, Almost Famous is one. If you go on my letterbox, Almost Famous is in my top four. Wow. Why is the world in great danger, Jones? Well, you know, uh, radiation, laser experiments, unravel. Maybe it'll turn the. Um, you Teen know, what delinquency. Teen delinquency. You know, if I was making a Howard movie and I needed to have like an obligatory world ending threat, I would have the device is going to turn the world into an egg shaped world. Ooh, that would disrupt so much. That would. But it's also very silly. A very that man is very sweaty and uh, it's very uncomfortable. Oh, is he oh gonna turn no, into a duck. Uh, oh, great, like a sex change or something. I guess we knew about sex changes in 1985. I'm just always interested in uh, trans people getting acknowledged. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because the uh, the, the terrible negative uh, narratives are all like, uh, oh, why are there so many of these things getting invented now? And I was just like, yeah, it was always it, they were always there. They were there. They were but there and you knew it. Even I was more going to call attention to plant. just this is such a like a uh, why are we having a hard uh, uh, are we even having a car chase? We're just like driving badly. Well, remember, he's freaking out. He's slowly dying. They're trying to escape the cops. It's just that we haven't seen the cops. I, I guess they're just trying to, like, get far from the cops. It just it's not very. Um, 
not a very well justified uh, car chase, and it's not even a chase. Yeah, they probably just, couldn't afford to pay for the cop cars anymore. And Blues Brothers has one of the most expensive looking car chases you'll ever see. There, at the end of it, there's like a 600 car pileup. It's incredible. Wow. He's talking like a duck now. Yeah, coffee, the universal uh, savior for possession. Well, they're uh, not no, going to. It's Pazuzu. <laughs> Cajun sushi. That's pretty funny. Cajun sushi at a diner is a pretty funny joke. Oh. Uh, yeah, th- that joke just got visualized uh, one Ooh. step farther than perhaps it should have. That's a shirt, too. Oh, she looks so familiar with this diner hostess. Uh, this 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 is, this is the second weird diner scene in this movie. They just like weird diners, I guess. Oh, my God. Who's this cute hippie with the big glasses? I want to be her friend. She would be played by Kat Dennings in the movie now. Yeah. It is Pazuzu. (laughs) He is being possessed by Pazuzu. Yeah, so the doctor is now like transforming into a demon. I... Assumed it was supposed to be a duck, but now it's just like whatever he beamed over on his telescope. You know, or David Thulis. I'm getting the shades of Thulis. That would be a cool title for an album. Shades, shades of, of Thulis. Thulis. Oh my god. Yeah. It's like, so it is a demon. It's not a duck. No. Well, unless it's a demon duck. Howard has villains you could put in the movie. Ooh, are we going to get Dr. Bong? I was just going to bring up Dr. Bong. We've taken a hard right turn into Marvel cosmic bullshit. Yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of into it. This is like weird demon shit. It's not making the movie good, but uh, no, but something's happening, I guess. It's a lot of exposition in like a very. Dull, dull scene. But I want to keep watching. Well, it seems like something could happen, right? He could fully transform into a demon, not just his voice or like his evil machinations could like 
I don't know what you do in a marble thing. Bring portals down or whatever. Good gag. Howard getting afraid of eggs. Yeah, that's actually pretty funny. Oh, yeah, he's really offended by these eggs, but which makes sense. Yeah, I've had people like this. I've dealt with people like them. Like what, like the demon? Yeah, I've dealt with demon, demon man and Howard Duck. He's got real powers. And we've got some good product placement. What, Heinz ketchup? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's... His powers are growing. He's shooting lightning bolts. He's exploding condiments. The laser spectroscope. Terrifying. This is such a weird uh, swerve, though. Now we're getting some very Return of the Jedi effects. Electrocuted? Yeah, he's got more demon powers than I would have thought. What the hell is that? Is that a sci-fi device or an 80s device? Oh, no, he's melting. I do like the creepy voice while I'm actively repulsed by it. Well, the monster makeup is kind of freaky now. It's gross. It's very uh, tactile. Look, you can touch it. That's actually a. What was that? Sorry, I just I like this ventriloquism joke. Uh uh oh. I just um. I put it, you know, having just like some weird bullshit happening that makes this feel like a Marvel thing and not like nothing. Yeah. It does feel like another movie again. <laughs> oh, another counter scene. Yeah, why do we keep repeating these uh, so-so gags? I mean, I guess uh, if we're going to have Howard kick people, he's got to be up on the bar. I guess. He should show off his quack foo again. Oh, we're just doing pie stuff now? We're doing pie gags now. This is how far gags? we've fallen. I'm suddenly like a little like uh, uh, the history of pie gags must be such an interesting topic, actually. It must be. I I do love how nonchalant she's like, yeah, they beat up each other all the time. We don't call the cops. (laughs) This weird uh, Cajun sushi diner is actually some like chaotic Howard energy. In the middle of Cleveland with a bunch of rednecks. Yeah. Okay, but who is that's Jorley McLean is the waitress. Okay. Most famous for being in Howard the Duck. Well, that's unfortunate. Well, that got them all to stop. What did she yell? That's my boyfriend. 
And then they all turned around and went, that's disgusting. So again, is this kind of like a, a queer allegory again, gently? I don't know. People won't accept their relationship? I guess, but he is also literally an alien duck. Well, yeah, this is they're putting mustard on him. That's gross. Um, that's the thing with X-Men all the time, right? Where like it's you write it to be the civil rights movement, but it's really more about gun control. Yeah. How are they trying to cook him? They're just covering him in like make a soup, I guess. I guess. Well, how do you feel about celery, Elias? Uh, it is a nasty vegetable that has no flavor. Yeah, that's how uh, all the people in my life feel about it, too. But I had a grandma who put uh, peanut butter on celery for me. That's not so bad. It's a good peanut butter delivery vehicle. Sure. I like the I like the weird stringy texture. That's fair. Oh, whoa, he's demoning even harder now. He's got that glow. Oh, there is a sushi chef in here, but he's not using a sushi knife. He's using a big butcher cleaver. Well, I mean, how else are you going to carve up the duck? Come on, dude. Did you ever watch uh, Walking Dead Elias? No. I was very surprised to find. um, uh, What's his face? Uh, John Carroll Lynch was in Mm -hmm. one episode of The Walking Dead as like uh, the master of Aikido. And I'm just like, that is not usually John. John Carroll Lynch always either plays like cuddly dads or um, like repulsive serial killers. Giving him huh. a bow staff and having him be Donatello from the Ninja Turtles was not something I was expecting to see him do on Walking Dead. That's fun, I guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a bunch of like um, Chad Coleman from my beloved The Expanse is uh, a major character in Walking Dead. And he's got a sister played by uh, Michael Burnham from Star Trek Discovery. I'm too entranced by this uh, flying knife. Sorry. That's okay. There's a cleaver flying around. The demon guy is just like slowly glowing. Oh, shit. And now he's yelling one liners. Yeah, they put like actual explosions in his eyes. That was a pretty freaky effect, actually. That looked cool. Uh, everything he's yelling is dumb, but how much funner is this scene for being real fire and stuff? So much fun. A lot is happening, but now I'm just I think I've resigned myself to just watching the chaos. And that's well, it's what very this is. it's very chaotic now. Ooh, oh that's God. fun. So they got like, you know, how they do that trick probably. How? So they got like little squib type things, little uh, tiny firework things that mm-hmm. are, uh, you know, uh, against all the glassware. And then they go down the line and it goes like Christmas lights. Ooh, that's cool. Do you think they had like pistons underneath all the chairs? Yeah, I do think that. Usually uh, when you have a when you see in a movie, when you have all those effects going off in a row like that. Mm hmm. Usually it's because they're uh, jurying together like a Christmas light because it's an easy way to do it and it looks cool on camera. Smart. Ooh. So he's using telekinesis now to uh, barricade them in. And honestly, the telekinesis has some character to it. Yeah. And the effects are actually really fun. Like, it's not just kind of I mean, it's kind of goofy, but they're doing a pretty good job of selling it. 
I am so angry that Kamala Khan shoots purple beams in the movies. Just like, what's the point of having this multi-billion dollar franchise if we're not going to give her stretchy powers? And I mean, who else better to perfect the the stretchy technology than Disney, who could probably pay all their VFX teams more money? If they so uh, chose to. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, okay, okay, so the bad funny. guy is the Dark Overlord, and he's trying to summon the other Dark Overlords? Yeah, I guess. And now he just, like, Roman Emperor cancelled Howard. Roman Emperor cancelled? Is that what the kids are saying? <laughs> I don't know. What else do you call the thumbs down in the Colosseum? I used to, yeah, thumbs down, I guess. I don't know. Gladi- the age of gladiator is done. We're about to be in the age of Napoleon. Mm. No more Spartacus. Oh, I was talking uh, Ridley, Sir Ridley, Sir Ridley Scott's ne- next historical epic. Uh-oh. Good movie. Hard to watch, but I, w- I would watch it again because I like it so much. Did you ever see The Last Duel? No, that was one of those other ones like pandemic, early pandemic movies that just kind of went right by me. I will. That one I honestly recommend. I uh, it's like a little bit upsetting to watch at times because it's about a pretty uh, dark subject. And then at the end, you're like, all right, so this last duel is going to be like, what, like two minutes and we're out of here. This movie's over. No, the fight goes on for what feels like a half an hour on screen of just like brutality. And by the end of it, you're just like, God, I am so happy they're never going to duel duel after this. It's the last one. <laughs> just like that was rough i hope they never duel again oh and they won't it's right in the title thank god that was upsetting and then he's gonna make the last duel too that'd be pretty funny there's a there is an epilogue to the last duel and that's what makes the movie good for me and it demonstrates to me that uh that movie understands what's important about that story mm-hmm. like oh, uh, the, epi- the epilogue mm-hmm. reframes everything um to explain Oh, I don't want to give it away. Well, watch The Last Duel. I think you'll love The Last Duel. Okay. Oh, I do oh! not like that. Ooh, no. Oh, my God. That's Thompson's such a gross That's effect. the grossest. I'm going to puke, and I'm going to puke. Holy shit. Okay, so this, like, giant phallus just came out of his throat. <sighs> it's plugged into the truck's ignition, I think, and now he's controlling no, it with the lightning cigarette, shooting. The, the cigarette, cigarette lighter. lighter. Of course. that was gross that was very gross i guess the glasses are happening the the hair in the glasses i gotta get glasses like that they're nice and big huge like i guess librarian glasses what we call this you go tim robbins tim robbins says fuck the police and give me back my baseball cap. <laughs> okay, that's funny. <laughs> Good idea for a gag. <laughs> the cow in the background sells it. Howard is now standing next to a bunch of uh, animal statues to blend in. Standing in a weird pose. It's a good idea for a joke. There's a kangaroo mm-hmm. for some reason. I mean... It's a Cleveland truck stop. What do you expect? You know, we have a bunch of uh, like uh, jungle animal statues outside the movie theater across from my house. 
There's like a big turtle and a lion. Elephant. As you do. They're like tacky, but cute. Mm hmm. I guess that's how I would describe a lot of uh, Ohio small towns. Tim Robbins just climbed out the front door. Just dove through with handcuffs on. Again, yep. like Tim Robbins is very funny. I feel like he went into like weird scumbag drama mode for a while and then never kind of got sick of him. I believe it. Don't you miss when cop cars looked like cars and weren't just giant fucking tanks? Yeah, everything is SUVs. I also live across the street from a where they park the police cars. God, I hate SUVs so much. I can't front. I owned an SUV in college that I inherited from a, a relative passing away. Mm-hmm. And I love that car. Everyone always wanted me to help them. Uh, you just like everyone wanted a lift in it because I had a big trunk space. So uh, yeah. people wanted to go shopping or whatever. And I was just very popular in college for having a car. It was great. You know, that is the one benefit of an SUV. Yeah, but I, I always... bet your SUV probably would look small in comparison to today's SUVs. Yeah, yeah, it was like a mini SUV, like a half halfsies SUV. Yeah, like I've got a hatchback. I've got, but I've got a small small car. Okay, so we're going to the Cuyahoga National uh, Nuclear Plant, uh, which is of course named for the Cuyahoga River Valley for the Cuyahoga River. What do you know about the Cuyahoga River, Elias? It's famous for one thing: being polluted. Uh, yeah, and more uh, specifically for uh, catching fire. It was so polluted. In oh, the, yeah. The Burning River. Um, oh, here's an image, an indelible image from this movie. You have Howard driving a weird hang glider. There is a name for it. I don't know what it's called. It's motorized. So it's a real thing? I think so. Um... There aren't cops in the air, Howard. Not yet, anyway. Not yet. Not until uh, post-Watchmen. Ooh. Um, but yeah, so the, the river caught on fire, and now, like, every, like, cheeky Cleveland business is something about a burning river. That must get really annoying. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I'm sure it was more annoying 20 years ago. But like well, but uh, if everyone's doing it, you just look around and you're like, OK, the last thing one is uh, our the local uh, popular beer is uh, Burning River. Is I forget which good? one that is. Yeah, it is pretty good. Great Lakes Breweries is good. Oh, good. That's, it's not my favorite that they, they do. Burning River. It must be an IPA or something because I never get that one. Hmm. Do you ever drink I mean, IPAs? This is a fun shot. Well, yeah, they do. For some reason, there's this hang glider machine. Yeah, why not? It's definitely being just like puppeted from above. Are we flying down the smokestacks to the big nuclear power plant? Because that would be kind of cool, I guess. That would be cool. And now she's been basically snidely whiplash tied inside the nuclear plant. Burning River is there. Oh, my God. You hear my cat screaming? Mm hmm. Sorry about that, folks. I'm a podcaster with a cat. <laughs> um, 
I know I the, nu- the nuclear explanation is very interesting. Oh, I was looking at beers. Um, I like that they have oh. an Elliot Ness beer, which is that's funny, right? Naming a beer Elliot Ness. <laughs> is he hunting down a different beer? Uh, on the label, I suppose so. And that's like a, a lager, and I like that. Um, are you, are you going to be rivers. placing an order for for beers in the middle of Howard? I, I so I hadn't drunk alcohol in like two years, maybe like a one drink in those two years mm-hmm. at a birthday. Um, I just like a, I, I get headaches and and alcohol is usually not a good thing for that. And um, no. I started getting this like burning sinuses feeling, which is apparently Ooh. very uncommon, but not uh, unheard of with people in alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've discovered if I take very small sips of very cold beer. I'm mm-hmm. usually I'm, I'm usually OK to drink one or two. Hmm. So uh, I bought a six pack of uh, Corona's, you know, to celebrate the the pandemic. <laughs> I think that's the wrong word to use. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, he's he just looks worse and worse every time. Well, so he wandered through the nuclear fires is what happened there, right? Yeah, he was glowing red, but his hair was like all dark browned out. Which is Einstein out, I suppose. Oh, yeah, I guess it was just very. Oh, my God. Tim Robbins, you have too much faith in Howard's birdness. But damn if he wasn't making like a real face every word he said. Oh, yeah. Yes. Truck explosion effects. All the whatever dusty material float out the back. I take it you're not a you're not a big beer fan, Elias. I I don't drink. Not at all. No. I don't really like alcohol. Yeah, that's a yeah. You know, the more I ask around, the more common uh, a stance that is, and I respect it. I uh, I, I kind of miss it. I used to be like a I could sip a gin and tonic and hang out at like a fancy bar, mm-hmm. and I never I never did that trans. I I would do that you know, with a fun outfit. That sounds fun. That does sound fun. I mean, I I've never been much of a party or, or bar scene person anyway. But like, if I ever went with someone, I'd probably still just nurse a water, and then I would be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> when I see, I turned eighteen in Israel. I lived in Israel that year, mm-hmm. and um, and that's legal drinking. So I had like my crazy drinking year the year before college, and I was over it when by the time I got to college. Smart. Um, I, I didn't do that on purpose. Just I got there and I was just like, uh, oh, this actually feels very uh, childish to like go hide in the woods and illicitly shotgun beers or whatever. What's with. I don't know what's going on now. I, we were talking over a lot of it. Okay, I can tell you what's going on. OK, so uh, the Dark Overlord has kidnapped Beverly and okay. he's on the run with her to use the nuclear power to open a portal and summon the rest of the Dark Overlords. And Howard is trying to stop him question mark i don't think the movie's that interested in that um and he and tim robbins are escaping the police by flying in this weird apparently real flying vehicle in what is probably the most uh, indelible image from this uh pretty boring movie what him flying over with a duck in the background 
yeah, that's the picture they always show in like a magazine list when they're just like, did you know there was a Marvel movie like uh, 20 years before the other ones? Yeah. Ooh, that's a fun effect. Yeah, that is. A, that's more fun than the other lightning effects. I like the use of green and purple. They use it a lot here. Yeah, it's like uh, super garish, but great. Well, secondary colors make sense for Howard's uh, like uh, the gray area, which he occupies in the Marvel Universe. Mm hmm. So well, do okay. you know how they do all of these effects? Those laser oh, maybe effects? not the explosions, but the like the clearly green screened on eyeball effects and the lightning. Yeah, I don't know that they would have even necessarily used a green screen back then, although I, I, I think they could have. The the movie that's the real green screen pioneer is um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, mm -hmm. um, which is a fantastic looking movie made, made only better when you realize watching it, thinking that Bob Hoskins most of the time is just alone in a room carrying an entire scene with no other actors, just like miming stuff and talking to air. He doesn't even have tennis balls. Oh, yeah, because that's getting hand drawn in later. Um, that's a real miracle. But um, Star Wars made a compositing a popular effect. And compositing is when you you're literally uh, running the film over and over again, layering it with other film to project it onto a third piece of film behind it. Mm hmm. And you do that for every layer of stuff. And that's kind of why, like, if you know Photoshop, it looks like uh, the uh, lightning effects are never on the same Photoshop layer as the rest of the film. Mm hmm. Because they're and because it's uh, being literally composited on layer by layer. Oh, uh, OK. If it pops up again, I'll, uh, I'll point it out to you, you and any of our brave listeners watching this flick. Uh, can uh can notice we're just doing like loop de loops and stuff. We're just like, isn't flying fun? Oh, did Howard lose Tim Robbins? No, he's just almost drowning him. He's still got I the handcuffs on. Him. Oh, yeah, he's still wearing the handcuffs. <laughs> just that, that would. Oh, he tried to strangle Howard in like a real Homer Simpson move. Yeah. Ooh, that is not a sound you want to hear from your truck. I don't think he's planning on keeping this truck. Probably not. He did. He's walking blow up into a smog what expression. He's driving into what appears to be the Cyberdyne facility from Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yeah, they call the Dynatech. That must be where the um, telescope was from earlier. A Dynatech? Yeah. He's a duck terrorist. He's a duck terrorist. He hijacked a plane. 1985. Never forget. Never forget. The car we didn't explode. A, yeah, we just gently flipped a cop car. You're right. Tim oh. Robbins as a comedian. I, I figured out what I want to put Tim Robbins in. What? Tim Robbins should be the bad guy in the next John Wick movie. Hmm. Tin Robbins, Silver Fox, Big Bushy Beard. He's like a crime lord. Ooh. You know who I, I feel think like that could, would be good. I uh, I always felt like the wrong Arrested Development star got to have like the gritty crime drama. OK, 
It shouldn't have been Jason Bateman and Ozark. We should have had a show with uh, Tony Hale, who played Buster and uh, was also on Veep. Okay. Um, as like a as like a crime fixer, he's the guy you come in when you need to vanish a body. He's very fastidious. He's always wearing uh, cool suits. That would have been the fucking coolest show. And moms everywhere would have been like, Tony Hill's kind of hot. Which nobody <laughs> says about Jason Bateman. I just I, I saw the way moms were talking about uh, Tony Hill on Veep. And I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, yeah, moms are into Tony Hill. People should be jumping on this guy. Maybe he costs too much. I hope so. I hope that's the reason people are dissuaded from using the great Tony Hale. I hear you shouldn't go back to watch Arrested Development. Really? And I do remember what Mr. F ended up standing for. So, okay, yeah. I have not watched it, so. You've never seen Arrested Development. I've caught, like, a scouting of episodes. My brother watched it, and I would walk in, you know, for a scene or two and then walk back out. Younger brother, right? Yeah, he's three years younger. Yeah. I've seen a lot of movies and TV like that. I, it's funny. Um, there's a couple of shows um, like uh, the OC that I remember uh, my sister would watch and the computer was in the same room as the TV in those days. Mm-hmm. So I played like Civilization four while my sister watched the OC. And then later I was like, oh, I've seen a lot of the OC. Was it enjoyable? Oh, yeah. The OC is great. That's a show I recommend going back for. That's like a fun soap. If you liked Riverdale, you'd love the OC. The OC is like more charismatic Riverdale. You know, that's but is it as goofy? While not as textually goofy, I feel like there's a lot of enduring images from it that'll be very funny to be like, that's where that funny joke is from. Ah, okay. Like, you know, about shooting somebody and then you play Sufjan Stevens. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's from the OC. That's funny. They did like sincerely on the OC. They never parried it. I believe it. A lot of a lot of those big running jokes start seriously and then everyone makes it silly. Yeah, because you can't make a bad movie on purpose. I mean, you can try, but you can't make a good bad movie on purpose. Yes. Did you hear they're remaking The Room? Were you there when we learned that? Yes, I was. Have you seen The Room? I have seen The Room. We definitely had this conversation recently. It was during one of the uh, one of the movies we watched. One of the horror movies. Yeah, yeah Bob Odenkirk came up some time. I've just been thinking about Odenkirk, as I so often am. I gotta say, the Nexus of Somnium, cool name for your demon. Yeah. I can't believe that they're saying the the phrase the the defense department thought the cost overruns became embarrassing. Yeah, that's the real fantasy is yeah. that, that, that uh, the U.S. defense uh, would ever take a cut. LOL. Under, under Reagan, too. So this is all Star Wars shit. Oh, yeah. I got to say this like laser satellite thing is pretty cool. <laughs> and the like the music is reminiscent of Back to the Future. Yeah, you know, and mm hmm. And Indiana Jones, it's like a real yep. John Williams 80s thing. I don't think it's John Williams who did the score, though. I missed the I the know credit. it's not John Williams. Ooh, he's getting back spines. He's just become. Oh, God, he's just becoming Bowser again. 
Again? No, he wasn't Bowser. Someone else was Bowser. I mean, wasn't Jack Black Bowser? No, not Jack Black Bowser. It was the Super Dennis Mario Hopper? Brothers Super Show. Yeah, yeah oh. the, Dennis Hopper. There we go. Dennis Hopper was not. Dennis Hopper was from uh, the, the, just the movie, the Bob the Hoskins movie. One. Wow. Do we want to be watching this movie starring Bob Hoskins? Bob Hoskins would have been a great Howard, actually. Think he would have had the right level of sardonic. Yeah. But he was too busy making Roger Rabbit. I don't know if he's filming Roger Rabbit. Yet. Maybe he was filming Super Mario Brothers. No, he, that, that that was later than both of them. Boo. Do you, know, do you know about Bob Hoskins? Bob Hoskins has a much more uh, vibrant and interesting life than I would have guessed. I mean, I don't know as much about Bob Hoskins. I like Bob Hoskins. No, I was booing the, the duck joke. Uh, at least they're trying. I guess. It's better than uh, missing out. The explosions are still fun. Yeah, real explosions still look good. And I'm watching uh, The Walking Dead, and you know what is the best special effect of all? What? Hundreds of extras in a pre-COVID world. Ooh. You just can't, that you can't, uh, that, that can't be bought. Or you would rather, uh, it could be bought, but you wouldn't today. How many years do you think until we feel comfortable being able to do that um i don't know i don't I think mean, movie companies are ever going to go back to it because it's too expensive no some people could still get the budget like that but it's not a budget issue it's a union issue and right now people with the strikes going on i don't think people would mess with union stuff i hope not and there's all these like covid rules you have to have a covid uh, person paid on set mm-hmm Can I get okay? Want to hear a couple of uh, Bob Hoskins facts? Uh, in a second, I just want to address Jennings's horrible bad breath and demon face. Look at I'm, that! I'm into this. If more of the movie was him turning demonic and it was more demonic, that would be good. Yeah, he's smoking. It just happens like halfway through the movie, maybe even further in. It just seems too much too fast i would have liked a lot slower of a build well i would like longer with how he looks now and get him even more demonic gives him some yes. crazy makeup you've got yes. a talking duck we got yeah that's true we got a talking duck we got a wom 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 machine gross he spits acid. oh he spits acid like alien okay bob hoskins facts hit me bob hoskins british he's from london what no uh, bob hoskins from london he is a romani jew i like Uh, him already he um he had severe dyslexia and uh like basically didn't graduate school and Mm -hmm. then uh spent six months on a kibbutz in israel that's wild there you go there's some laser compositing yeah did you know bob hoskins was a a british kibbutznik (laughs) no yeah, he sings like he's from Philly. I, uh, now I want to hear his British. You can. There's British, plenty. Does he, he have a British accent? accent? 
Yeah, he does. I can't imagine him with that accent. He went on Letterman and stuff. You can see him on talk shows talking in his real voice. Anyway, oh, no. the moral of the story is Howard the Duck would have been way better if he was played by Bob Hoskins. Yep. Howard just exploded, but it seems to be fine because he's talking off screen. Oh, he just was standing where the camera couldn't see him. He's still wearing his great sweater and pink and orange jacket. And Doctor Who scarf. Oh, yeah. Paisley. A paisley button down over camo pants. Yeah. Wow. I was going to say that was a Wesley Crusher sweater with a Doctor Who scarf, but then the camo pants totally threw me off kilter. Oh. Oh, no. The Eve, the Dark Overlord has been released. And Beverly is tied up. Will the Dark Evil find a, a new host? It's going to be Phil. It's or gonna is it going to be Beverly? It's got to be Beverly. They're going to make all her clothes blast off with the evil explosion. Or is it just going to be loose? Oh, it's just under the floor. Oh, it's a oh, big monster. It's a big CGI monster with very old computer. No, I don't think it's CGI. It's stop motion. That's a, you think that's a stop motion puppet? I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, that's a puppet. That's a stop motion. That they, uh... That they, I guess, composited in. It's the Predator now. It's just the Ooh. Predator. Yeah, that's a puppet. It's a cool-looking puppet, yeah. I would have liked to see the guy transform into that puppet more slowly. Yeah. Well, he didn't. Remember that he's been excised from the body. Yeah, this puppet is great. It's the best looking thing aspect in the movie. Look at all those arms. So many arms, so many teeth. Are right, we still got access to our laser? It's basically a giant scorpion. Well, it's a scorpion with the predator's face, right? It's yeah. got like the mandible proboscis. One we of those two Dr. things. Dr. Bong. Dr. Bong would have been cheap and easy to do. He's just got a big bell for a head and one of his hands is like an orb. Oh, gross. His hands are mouths. Ooh, oh, and he's shooting his penises off from before. Gross. This is how you know it's bad. He's calling for his mom. Oh, my God. Those tentacles are disgusting. <sighs> oh, he's activating the laser on purpose. Well, yeah, it's very funny how involved it is to press the button on this laser. You got to make it safe. Which, again, contrary to so many DOD projects. Yeah, all this uh, safety and uh, budget management. Nah. Impossible. But then again, it's the 80s. Maybe they actually did care a little bit. No, they, I assure you they did not. What's that? Oh, gross. It's, it's a, a saw. A circular saw. Ooh, goop. I knew its blood was going to be the color of pea soup. 
Or you got to keep that PG rating somehow. There's so many colors to, but you could choose. Now, pea soup. Any other uh, color and the board might think it's blood. Klingons have pink blood. That's fun. Ooh. Do you know, the MPAA is the most arbitrary ruling body out there. Vulcans have green blood. Vulcans have green blood? Yeah. That's why uh, Dr. McCoy was always calling Spock a green-blooded hobgoblin. Oh. It was a weirdly racist remark about his blood color. Yeah. McCoy was pretty racist. There's a lot of racist doctors on Star Trek. Do you think it's intentional nowadays? Um, well, there's only one. No, there's two good Star Trek shows now, and there's two bad ones. And we'll let the audience decide which. And there's Prodigy, which is neither. I only watched a little bit of that. I should finish Prodigy. That was like the Nickelodeon kids cartoon. Hmm. Starring Janeway? Yeah, uh, holographic Janeway. Oh, hologram. Okay. Yeah, the kids find uh, like a, a simulation of Janeway. And then part of the show that sounds interesting to me is, oh, the monster just exploded. And honestly, cool effect. Purple. Star Trek's another one you've never gone very deep on, right? No. He's still in handcuffs. I appreciate that he's still in handcuffs. He doesn't deserve to have them take it off. He's a real dick. Tim Robbins? Oh my god, is this the original Sky Laser? No, because Star Wars was the original Sky Laser. Oh yeah, that's the most Sky Laser of all. It that's why the J.J. Abrams, the J.J. Abrams Star, uh, Star Trek movie is just a Star Wars movie. There's a Death Star. Ooh, that's a controversial take. I think it's just called Duck World. Duck World, huh? That's a. It's a name, I guess. <laughs> oh, there's a bunch of Predator Scorpions. <laughs> I don't know why that was so goofy. I love it, but because <laughs> they, they look like Sesame Street Muppets. They do. I think it was just the sound. I think it was the wow, wow, wow. Oh, my God, my cat has been behaving so badly while we've been watching this movie. But maybe our audience is going to get treated to cat sounds. I mean, now he's purring, but he's been bad, he's been mm. knocking stuff down. He's been jumping on the other cat. He's been jumping on the counters. Disappointing. Yeah, he's a little demon. Little stinker. And speaking of little stinkers, OK, so Howard is like buried in rubble. I'm not that concerned for his welfare, but I think the movie yeah, he'll is. He'll be fine. Beverly's sad. Because yeah, just mm-hmm. incredible that Leah Thompson, uh, th- like I feel like Leah Thompson came out on top of this performance. Dis- uh, to me, despite this, despite the script, yes, so despite oh, yeah. the script, it is very interesting though that after even though they had the the one night of almost passion, they've basically been separated since. Like they've been together, but. They didn't yeah, really she's been do kidnapped. all that much. 
Oh my god, is Howard pretending to be the bad guy for one second? Yep. He's pulling a Joseph Joestar. Punch him. Punch him, Beverly. Ooh, he doesn't deserve a hug for that. Are they going to kiss before the sunset? Nope. The, there's a concert now, though. Well, now, now they're playing at a big venue. They're not behind uh, Chainlink anymore. Keytar. Howard's their Howard. manager now. He does have band manager energy. Yeah, he surely does. Ooh, Tim Robbins is outfit now. So Tim Robbins is no longer Ooh. the world's sexiest ichthyologist who's dealing with alien ducks. He's now a pyrotechnic guy. I guess with a black bow tie, a red and orange polka dotted shirt and suspenders. Great look. That's what he should wear all the time. Yeah. And now they're oh, singing this... the Howard the Duck theme song. I do not like this song. This song is making no, it's me not very uncomfortable. Good. Ooh. Oh, God. Why? Why do we need a big egg? He's going to fly out on stage, isn't he? Well, he's got it. They're singing about him. I know my comedy. It's not it's not like comedy, like it's funny. It's like comedy, like it's doing stuff that would be in a comedy. Yeah. So why isn't Howard just the frontman of this bit, this band? Because he can't sing. He was in a band. There we go. He's playing the guitar now. <laughs> you know, this guitar solo is the best part of this song. Even though it's just kind of uh, that scene for Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. At least Leah Thompson can still play the guitar this time. True. And now Phil is also playing something in the audience. I think he's just dancing, but he's, I, I believe if you told me Phil was uh, an organist, I would believe it. Wow. Uh, that was a short enough more part, uncomfortable so. than I thought it was going to be. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and that's a wrap on Howard. Maybe it seems like there's still more scene to go. The credits are rolling. As I mean, the credits are rolling. But why is this still going? Well, you know, they wrote this song. They have to perform it. I guess so. They really thought this would be the next great hit single. I don't know. They were all on cocaine. All right, Elias, we've now watched Howard the Duck. What is your what is your uh, unifying theory of this gentleman? The unifying theory of Howard? I don't know. I'm too entranced by him hopping across the stage with Leah Williams. Oh, I hope they don't do an encore. I don't no, know. Going back what. to the. Mm-hmm. We're getting regular credits. We're going out. Oh, are we going to get the kiss? No, the fade, fade to, to black. black. 
And that's a real wrap on it. Okay. I mean, if anyone wants to w- listen to this over the credits, you can. We're stopping the credits. <laughs> I mean, all these people did make this movie. This but, is uh, true. Yeah, this has been us watching Howard the Duck and just like yakking about shit. And sometimes that's a real fun vibe for a podcast. And I hope that uh, <laughs> our listeners, I, li- I like that sort of show sometimes. Yeah, I especially hope- when uh, I'm sure there will be those awkward silences where we're just kind of watching it. So anyone yeah. who's not watching it, we apologize. We don't apologize don't for this episode. This was like a little fun no. thing we did because I lost a bet. So I had to watch this stupid movie, which was bad. Uh, but it I had a nice bad. time watching it with my pal Elias. I much prefer watching it this way than I think I would have just watching it on my own. For sure. Um, yeah, that's a bit low bar to clear, though. <laughs> yeah, God, that's true. Uh, you this you been... asked about the unifying theory of Howard the Duck. Yeah. I don't know if I have one. I mean, movie this movie was all over the place. This movie was bad for Howard the Duck. This movie was not good for his yes. reputation and uh, does not make me want to pursue further Howard uh, stories, even though I quite I, I quite like most of the Howard comics. Yeah. And I think what makes it weird is that even though Howard is ostensibly big, weird space duck, most of his adventures are political commentary as as we were reading or i guess with with uh zadarsky and uh, kinones's run just straight up superhero comedy him as a detective and we got n- yeah. neither of those here it was kind of bog standard 80s monster movie fair it was even more that part go- got going was fine it was more it was even more aimless than uh, monster movie fair, though, because like at one yeah. point they're just like, I don't know. He's going to go to the unemployment office, I guess, because we don't know what else the fuck to do with this guy. This movie's an hour and 50 minutes long. Yeah, it felt much wow. longer. It felt like a uh, Titanic. It felt like Titanic. But even like we over the month of October, we watched a lot of horror movies and a lot of those clocked in at 80, 90 minutes. Yeah, I don't know why this movie in 1986 was running at an hour and 50 minutes long. I uh, certainly so bloated. Certainly uh, they didn't ask me. No. No, not at all. I don't even know if I could summarize the film or my thoughts on it. Well, we're clearly going to have a lot of processing to do and therapy bills years to come. God. Yeah. Um, We've been going uh, unusually long for this one. So I think... Uh, we should look to the future. What are we talking about next time? Oh, so next time we're going to be going from one bad movie to not really another bad movie, but uh, we're probably both going to have to have even more expensive therapy bills as we remember Quantumania. No. And we read. Yep, we're going to be reading, or at least I'm going to be reading, Look Out for the Little Guy, the Scott Lang autobiography yes the book that the movie had is real and you can buy it and you can read it it is ghost written by or not even ghost written but like it is actually written by rob cutner um i know nothing about this author couldn't find any information real person i i assume i am excited to walk into that thing completely blind yeah 
It'll be fun. It might be. Well, hopefully it'll be a much shorter episode than this one. I don't think I could talk an hour and 50 minutes about it. Um, I guess. Do you want to wrap up Howard with any final thoughts that weren't influenced by suddenly just seeing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know the giant scorpion monster. Uh, you know, it was like an aimless movie made by a bunch of people who mostly sim- seemed like they didn't want to be making the movie. Uh, it mostly gets by on its reputation as being audaciously bad, and it was quite audaciously bad, um, but carried a bunch of, like, unpleasant 80 with it. And, like, there's charming movies from this era. There's, like, good scripts and performances, and none of them were in this movie. No, there there were moments. I mean, you heard me. I was laughing enough, but I also laugh at some real real stinkers real stinkers well uh you know you laugh when you're shocked Uh, that's true that's true i did like the evil voice it was properly stupid yeah and i guess uh i will be interested to read a little bit more about the the making of because production wise it certainly wasn't boring people made choices oh for sure so in the meantime where can they find you, Jaina? Can they? I they can if they look hard enough. Uh, you can find me. I'm my uh, handle is Rambling Moose, and if you search on a platform for a Rambling Moose, it's probably me. Uh, what about you, Elias? Can you be found anywhere on the internet? I guess you have an email. I have an email. It's erosner at multiversitycomics.com. Otherwise, you can find me uh, flying in a chair in between planets via a telescope and lasers. <laughs> Uh, And you can find this podcast and all a bunch of other wonderful writing from uh, me and Jaina at multiversitycomics.com. This episode was edited by Livy and Saphir. Uh, Thank you. I apologize in advance. Uh, And our theme music is uh, Excelsior by Cal Romo. So until next time. Thank you.